Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Broadcast to Post podcast. The world of media entertainment is evolving to establish a unified set of security requirements and best practices for various aspects of content production and distribution, from film and television to animation, post-production, visual effects, and more. The goal here is to cultivate a secure environment across the entire media supply chain, effectively shielding valuable content from leaks, piracy, and good old-fashioned unauthorized access. The realm of physical security has undergone significant advancements, offering tools such as advanced security camera systems and access control mechanisms. These technologies not only simplify the installation and monitoring processes, but also align with industry compliance standards like the Trusted Partner Network. This is going to be an exciting broadcast to post episode as we welcome security systems expert Danny Schulman from Verkata. There's going to be a showcase of the latest trends in physical security, giving you insights into how these innovations can enhance your operations and make your life easier. We're also going to be joined by Vince Fusco, Security Operations Manager at TPN, our friends at the Trusted Partner Network, which is the industry standard for security and media entertainment. They will provide our industry compliance perspective. Stay tuned for a wealth of expert insights and pragmatic solutions aimed at safeguarding your invaluable assets in the ever-evolving landscape of media security. Awesome. Uh, Danny, uh, tell us about you. Hey, everyone. My name is Danny Schulman. I'm a regional manager with Verkata. Uh, Verkata specifically is a manufacturer of physical security technology, such as like cameras, access control, visitor management, alarms, intercom, pretty much the full gamut of physical security technology. Just kind of background, 12 years in the in the industry, security industry, you know, working with all different types of organizations like media companies, of course, uh, healthcare, education, manufacturing, banking. Um, so happy to be here. Thank you. Excellent. All right. So let's get into um, some of the challenges that are out there. Um, security is not going to be necessarily the first thing a lot of people are going to have come to mind when they're dealing with media facilities. Um, could you share some insights into the unique security challenges that a lot of media facilities face today? It, has the importance of security evolved alongside the growing changes in the industry? Vince, let's uh, kick this off with you. Well, yeah, of course. I think security um, has been in the forefront of business for quite a long time. Um, you know, Danny spoke to his experience 12 years. I've been in the information security world for the last 15 years, you know, it's evolved to something um, as easy as like, hey, don't write your passwords down to these uh, huge, you know, now we have a, a C-level information security officer, um, which which didn't exist before. So, you know, security, all it takes is kind of one bad story um, in an industry often pointed, um, you know, the Sony hack of a few years ago kind of woke everybody up um, to the security, uh, the importance of security in, in, in media and, and how that happened. Is it from a facilities perspective? Um, yes, um, always, because everything's a facility anymore um, with, uh, with a remote workforce out um, in, you know, we don't know where, where people are working and, and, and the work that's being done um, you know, internationally as well. Uh, so yes, um, in short, everything needs 
you know, security is everywhere. Um, and just because it kind of happened late um, for the entertainment and media industry uh, doesn't mean it's not important. Um, and and we need everybody, you know, to be a part of that. So that's kind of one of the the main the main pieces of, of what I do is not just creating a uh, a baseline for security practices in the industry, but also some awareness. Um, why is this important? Who needs to be involved? Uh, hint, everybody needs to be involved. But, um, you know, why Why would the media industry be any different, honestly, than any other business um, these days? So that's kind of where it's always, it always grows out of an incident. Um, you know, Target Target got lost a bunch of credit cards. All of a sudden, everybody cares about credit card security. No different in the media industry. Somebody loses a high security title. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you don't want to be the one that's that's uh, losing, you know, money and and information that way. So that's that's always going to be the driver. Um, and then it's my my job and our job at TPN um, to make sure that everybody's kind of standardized in their in their security focus. And security is everybody's problem because if I'm walking sure. through your facility, I just might look for that piece of paper tape on the underside of your keyboard. Exactly. To you. Danny, any any thoughts on um, security on the media and industry, media and entertainment side? Yeah, I mean, I think media is 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 unique in in the type of market it is, right? Like, there's you guys have potential. You know, everything is public on social media. Everything is you know out there, right? People people know who's in your facility, right, at all times almost. Um, and so you're a target, right? Any business is really a target, but I think they're primarily like you are potentially a target more than others. And, you know, cybersecurity is kind of conjoined with, you know, physical security, which is obviously kind of my background and, you know, maintaining a perimeter, maintaining like, uh, you know, a management of all your visitors that are on site, right? It's important to know who's coming in and out of your facility because any one of those people, like if you don't know who they are, could cause cause an issue and could potentially, you know, disrupt your business, right? Like you mentioned the Sony hack. I don't actually really know. I don't know the history on that, how that happened, but it's possible there's an inside actor, right? It could have been an employee, could have been a guest, right? And, and all that stuff can happen. And if you're not maintaining your, you know, who's coming in and out, um, that's when things can go can go bad. So, yeah, I think they go hand in hand. Um, the Sony hack there, it was the North Koreans who got into Sony. They, okay. uh, they were not yeah. happy about it. <laughs> um, so... Danny, you mentioned the, the term physical security. Can you elaborate on that for folks who might not be familiar and how that is uh, applicable to uh, you know folks who are working with, with media? Yeah, physical security and how it differs from cyber is physical is kind of anything that you can see. A security guard is a physical security presence. So in terms of me, I, you know, I work with technology as a means of, you know, physical security. So it's, for us, that means, you know, protecting people, assets, facilities against unauthorized access. For me, using technology, so such as, you know, cameras, access control, alarm systems, and really just maintaining the physical security on site um, as well. So for example, you know, using a card reader to access a facility at any time, and then that camera can then track where that person goes throughout the space, and then potentially getting proactive alarms against unauthorized access of like a trespass person. Maybe nobody should be there. You know the person's face. Getting proactive alarms to me that, you know, is physical security. Yeah. And just to kind of piggyback on, on what Danny was saying, you know, um, we we in the information security world, we've kind of moved away from that term cyber because everything is connected, interconnected, networked. Um, just those like when you when you run your 
uh, key fob um, to get in a door. That's all interconnected for alerting. You know, how are how is that how is that how are those logs being stored? Are they are they secure? Um, that that sort of thing. You know, everything's networked. Everything's logged. All that data is stored on some information security system. So as we kind of, just because it has a physical aspect to it, so, you know, it's still part of the broader network and information security picture. So that's where it's all kind of connected uh, for us because just, um, just because you say, hey, I don't have a facility um, that you can think of. Yeah, I don't run a data center, but hey, what if, you know, some of us work from home now, um, you know, what if, what if my neighbor strolls by my window, if I'm working on something high security, all of a sudden I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a facility that needs to have some protection. So we have to think about that at TPN when we're writing these best practices and things um, to make sure that we have full coverage on this changing landscape, because it used to be a physical security was an office, a data center, that sort of thing. Now it's kind of broadly anywhere that we can access information, which is literally everywhere. So that's that's a big challenge for us these days is is what um what does physical security actually mean and where does that reside? And it's it's kind of everywhere. It, it definitely is. Um, with that, um, Vince, can you explain how TPN is contributing to enhancing security practices within the industry overall? Yeah, yeah, sure. So like I mentioned, uh, we've added we well, for one thing, I'd like to kind of call out we just we kind of we just released our new version of our best practices last week, um, version 5.2. So anybody that's interested can hop on our website. And I'll give that the, that at the end and kind of read through that. But one of the main changes, or one of the big additions that we have for this version is kind of that remote work, uh, remote access piece. Um, even a, a how are you tracking your cloud providers? You know, if if everybody's out in the cloud, um, just because you're not, you don't see the data center and you don't go into it, that there's still a physical piece to that. Um, so how are you tracking that kind of security? Um, so we've got some some best practices for that. Again, like I mentioned, work the work from home stuff. How are you as you being a management or or a security workforce? Um, making sure that your remote workforce um, are doing things in a secure manner, connecting to uh, high high security infrastructure in a secure manner. So we've written out some baseline uh, or some uh, best practices for those. Um, so that's the kind of thing that we're starting to, to kind of add into because we used to be a site-based um, standard, um, if you will. Um, but after COVID and as people kind of spread out and, you know, the advent of cloud, um, kind of people like kind of delocalizing, um, we've, we've had to kind of keep up with that. And uh, we don't want people to have to stop work because of security. Um, we just want them to work more securely, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Um, so Danny Vercata specializes in physical security solutions. Can you share some of the latest trends and innovations in camera systems and access control that can benefit uh, facilities that need to get other people's content secure? For sure. Yeah, I think the biggest one is artificial intelligence, you know, and that's a big buzzword that's thrown around a lot. But kind of what does that mean in security? Um, for us, it allows kind of the cameras to do the work for you. Um, so, for example, you can put a person's face in a system that 
maybe as a VIP and you want to know the second that they walk on your site, right? So you can go greet them with their favorite cocktail, right? Or it could be obviously a trespass person and you want to know the second they come on site. So you can get the guard over there to intervene before, you know, things get out of hand. Um, so you can get like text messages, you know, alerted text, email, push notification. And so just really intervening proactively before things get out, out of hand, even taking that to another level of looking at license plates. And it can read that license plate and then actually get you that person, you know, before they even enter the property, you know, they're there. Um, I think that's like the biggest one that security is that you kind of starting and, and making your lives easier and your jobs easier to like not have to actually have a physical guard staring at a hundred cameras at all times, like making sure the perimeter is safe and, you know, everyone's, you know, meeting compliance, right? It's like letting the cameras do that work for you. I think the second thing is uh, just high resolution, like you guys go back and you look at video and you want to see who did that, you know, who, who took that item, right? Who, who was uh, breaking in and you have no good visibility of who that was, even the color that they're wearing, color of their clothing. So I think just like upgrading to higher resolution is a big trend that I'm seeing. Um, I think cloud-based as well. Um, you know, Ricotta is a cloud-based system. I think that's the direction of the industry and, you know, staff resources are getting less and less of, you know, on-site and typically IT, you know, is someone that manages infrastructure, right? It manages IT systems. And so having a cloud-based system where you don't have on-site hardware, where it's easy to manage, it updates itself, there's very little infrastructure, makes for an easy kind of deployment and, and management of the system. And just, I think, general integrations with other platforms like access control, alarm systems. For example, you can have like a virtual escort where if someone doesn't feel safe walking to their car, right, or they have a lot of content that they're carrying to their car, whatever, you can have, have you know, even our management watch the footage as that person walks to the car. You can have a security guard do that. I think it's just, you know, having it managed virtually as opposed to having like 100 cameras or 100 people managing your security for all your sites across the country, right, really having it streamlined using AI to, to manage it. I think that's the trend in what media facilities are typically moving towards. Um, all those I, like, I like the the resolution piece because I used to watch shows like um, Alias or whatever, and they'd be like enhance. And you know, me being a technical person is like that's not how video works. <laughs> that's <laughs> and, funny. Like there's a like, crisp, right? Um, so it's cool that now you may hey with like 4K things you can actually enhance and 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 see a clear picture. So I love hearing that. That's that's cool. There is an ongoing joke in our industry of that exact thing. There's a video on YouTube that we all share internally um, of that enhance, enhance, enhance. And it's like, that doesn't exist, right? Like it doesn't exist at all, but it is funny how there's literally hundreds of movies that say enhance. Um, yep, yep. Yeah, that's why it's important to get a camera system that actually is already enhanced with high resolution cameras, right? So you don't have to rely on that technology, which doesn't exist. Yeah, we'll exactly. One of the other things that also pops up there in movies is you see security guards looking at the entire bank of cameras and there's something happening down here and security guards watching up there. It's, it's, it's too much for humans to do with that many sources these days, especially with multiple locations. So having, having AI to be able to jump in there and do a lot of the heavy lifting and point out, hey, there's motion over here that you need to pay attention to those mission impossible people aren't getting in the door. Uh, that, that's a good, good place to start. Um, so um, Vince, what, with TPN, what are some examples of the key security standards that have ended up being established with your work with media facilities? How are these standards addressing the needs, the diverse needs for different types of facilities and even home facilities today? Yeah. So yeah, again, uh, kind of going back to that remote work, remote workforce, um, you know, what, you know, in, in the past, um, 
you know, if, if you go into a major studio, they have their own kind of side shop, you know, those are where the VFX guys go and, and they can, they can see the security right there. But, you know, when we backed out and, and all these guys are spread out and maybe, and maybe now, um, they're not integrated within the studio. Maybe they're a service provider, a third party, um, and they have their own security standards and controls. Um, so what we've really worked hard on is kind of trying to standardize, um, the security controls so that they make sense for the broadest group possible. You know, we kind of we've kind of split our our um, control sets in, into kind of two things. We have our best practices, which to us are kind of the baseline security pieces. So speaking to camera systems, making sure that you have a process uh, to log and monitor access, um, that your alerting's up to snuff, that you know you have someone whose job and function it is to to make sure that they're reviewing those logs, not just once a week or if there's an issue, but daily, um, that sort of thing. Uh, what who who are your roommates, um, and are you guys doing uh, when you're onboarding remote workforces? Are you are you looking at uh, background checks not only for the person uh, that might be working on a high security title in the garage, uh, but maybe their roommate or their spouse who commonly walks through that area or or is in a shared space? What kind of what kind of um, what kind of background do they have? So making sure you just kind of have full coverage of kind of goes back to what Danny was saying. Who's coming in and out of your facility used to be really easy. I have I had a I had a security guard at the front desk. They check in people out. Well, that's not really how it works anymore. Uh, we've got service providers. Maybe one guy who's really good at visual effects that a big studio likes to use, and he kind of does his thing his way in his garage. Um, but making sure that he still does it correctly from a secure uh, standpoint. Is he is he connecting in encrypted? Is he uh, making sure that his networks are segmented? Is he working on high production, high security production networks um, off off a different network um, than, uh, than he does to check his email, that sort of thing. Just making sure that we've kind of closed the loop on some of the changing um, the changing world of of the work that we're doing now and not to mention that it used to be kind of localized in southern california uh that's not not the case anymore you know we have got a lot more international studios and service providers uh you know they do different things uh, they have different uh infrastructure in in places like india and denmark and you know south america than we do here so uh, just making sure that we can create a broad set of standards that is flexible to use um, no matter where you are or how you work. Understandable. And and it used to be that the biggest flaw to the security guard at the front desk was the guy in the back who stepped out for a smoke and propped the door open while the system was rendering. Um, so, Danny, how have advancements in security technology been able to enhance and contribute to compliance with these sorts of standards like TPN's putting out there, um, you know, the, the whole record keeping and auto reporting sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, to your point, automated reporting of people entering and exiting your facilities. Um, 
what time do they come in? Um, getting automated reports sent to your email um, every day of like, hey, who accessed that room at this time, you know, over the weekend? Um, I think it's just having automated reports that you can just generate to see who's coming in and out, as well as visitors, right? Combining the people that actually work there, um, that should be there, but also having an idea of who the visitors are. Um, I know our system can give temporary visitor badges so that way we know where that visitor, what doors they go into. So therefore, right, you kind of have an idea of who that visitor, who, who that badge is assigned to, so you know what doors are they're coming in and out of, kind of in, intertwined with the camera system to see, make sure, hey, was it that visitor or was it maybe someone that took that visitor's badge that's acting as that visitor, visitor or that employee, right? And so kind of combining the technologies together to know, you know, yeah, you have that visitor badge that says he went in that door, but maybe that employee lost his badge. And so having a camera that looks at that door um, can kind of confirm that. Um, I was kind of mentioning high resolution, right? Just to know who's coming in and out of your facility and actually have facial you know, detection of who that person is. Um, and of course, the cybersecurity side, the hardened, you know, hardened, having a hardened system like, like a Vercada, right? It allows for end-to-end -end encryption, SOC 2, Type 2 compliancy, which are stringent standards, which I'm sure, uh, you know, TPN does recommend you go with systems that have those type of compliances from a cybersecurity perspective, which are, you know, government regulated. Um, so, you know, I, I had an example. Um, I was talking to a security director for a hospital the other day, and some guy came up to his, you know, on the third floor, snuck by security, plugged a USB drive into a nurse's workstation and took down the entire network and, and asked for a ransom. And it wasn't a couple of dollars. It was, you know, a lot of money. So pretty effective. And, you know, stuff like that, like that, that is an important thing, like to know, like who's coming in and around your facility and, and it, it could happen to anyone. Um, anyway, going back in, and then also just immediate threat detection, right? Like knowing that the second someone comes on your site that shouldn't be there, or maybe they're coming around an area um, that should, they shouldn't be, it's just being able to respond more proactively. I think it's, you know, how we can maintain compliance to this, the TPN standards. Yeah. And, and kind of picking back on what you just said, you know, security, you can't ever be perfectly secure. It's impossible, right? But we can try our best. So, you know, a hospital is a situation where you want kind of freedom of movement. You know, there's a lot of people in and out, uh, patients, visitors, that sort of thing. Um, so what kinds of things would you expect to do if a nurse walks out the room? Um, well, you would hope that you could disable a USB access or, or something like that. So so creating standards like that we put together. So it, it covers those situations where, hey, I know we can't be in the room all the time protecting this, this workstation. Uh, nurses have to have access to it. But what kinds of things can we help with here? Uh, we can, you know, we can make it so that the only specific kinds of thumb drives uh, we'll connect in or we'll turn off auto run or, you know, things like that, uh, where it can, the biggest security flaw is that we have visitors kind of roaming around workstations, but we can do things to that workstation that will help uh, as well. So. Excellent. Um, we got a question from uh, audience. Uh, Paul is asking, what is the recommendation for data storage of media and security content? It looks like there's two things. So let's go with the data storage for media. Um, Vince, let's go with you on that. And if there's any recommendations on where you should store your security footage, because my old DDR is still down here. Yeah, so obviously, you know, we kind of think about the, the security principles. So we want the this data to be accessible. Uh, so first and foremost, um, but at the same time, when it's at rest, we don't want it to be accessible. So 
easy to use, but encrypted otherwise. And there's a hundred ways to to take that problem down. So really for us, um, the kind of the key is that when nobody's using it, that it's kind of junk. Um, if I got a hold of a bunch of encrypted footage or encrypted media, I can't use it. I can't do anything with it. It might as well be junk to me. So make it junk when you're not using it. Um, and then secondly, uh, that it's easy to access when it is being used. So making sure you have systems that allow for the users who have legitimate needs um, to be able to access things, access things quickly and efficiently. Um, I'm not, I, I don't think there's like a one product or, or one thing that's going to cover you there, but those are kinds of things that you need to keep in mind. Obviously, encryption standards have gotten really, really good. So if you, if you maintain a, if, or if you can grab a, a, a well-known industry accepted uh, encryption suite, you know, that has, has good, uh, you know, keys, uh, key turnover, that sort of thing, you're probably covered. Um, you know, otherwise, just making sure that the right people have access to the data when they need it. So on the security content side, I mean, I, we're going to hear from Danny in a second, but the, the thing I always thought was, unless someone happens to be connected to the network on the DDR that you're using to have your hardwired video line cameras go to, unless someone's watching it, that's the, the, the first piece I'm going to go after if I'm going into a facility. I'm going to take right. out your DDR. Your, your right. cameras are still running, but nobody can see them and there's no recording. I don't exist at that point. And I just wrap the cord around it, take it with me, and off I go. Sure. Um, so, Danny, what, what, do you, what do you think about avoiding me wandering off with the DDR? Well, um, you would be the first person I would look at to do that if you want to enter my facility. Um, not to break your heart, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, that that's the kind of the problem with a central point of failure, right? A central point of storage is, you know, having all your video on a DVR. Um, I actually were, was working with, uh, I don't know if I can mention their name, but Red Bull, let's just say it, Red Bull. Um, and they, they actually had a distribution center that someone came in through the roof, went to that DVR, took it. You know, all they made away with that DVR and they no footage of any of anything they did. And of course, they took a lot of stuff. Um, and essentially like distributing your video, you know, utilizing cloud backup storage could is a better way of storing your video. So you don't have a central point of failure in terms of longevity um, of like how long you want to store, store video. It, it's, it really depends on the, you know, maybe your organization's, you know, requirements. A lot of people, you know, I work with a studio that says I need 90 days of video retention, just in case we have to go back 90 days. Not, it's not a, a steadfast requirement. Um, most people just do 30 days of, of footage uh, stored because usually they'll know if something goes missing or something happens within 30 days and then go back and look at that video. Um, but really what's cool with, with our technology is you can actually select, I want the storage, you know, the archive room camera to have a 365 days of storage. I want to be able to go back a whole year. But, you know, the other cameras, maybe 30 days is sufficient um, just to be able to, to go back. And, yeah, and the, I would agree with that. That thirty days is it's a good. If if you've missed it, you've missed it. And then otherwise, it it'd be there for law enforcement, that sort of thing. So yeah, totally agree. Exactly. And and the the video we we played before with me stealing the wallet. So um, we'll talk about what happens if I take that camera with me too. Um, th there was a shot in our our machine room here. Um, that's that camera has a, an entire year worth of storage though the camera that caught me stealing the wallet only has 30 days. So Danny, if I, had, if I had grabbed that camera at the same time, 
would I would I have been in the clear and, and they would have never found me? Um, not necessarily, right? Like there is uh, there's tamper alarms on these cameras. The second that a camera is starting to tamper, it automatically sends that video to the cloud. But if you are at risk of a camera being potentially taken, um, the recommendation is, is that you back that camera up to the cloud for one-to-one -one redundancy. So the footage is always going to be retained in the cloud, right? Because um, storage is on the camera is great. It distributes all your footage across the organization. But in the event that you're you know, worried about a specific camera that might be in plain sight, maybe it's on a road or on a street that's public facing, you may want to you know, back that up to the cloud uh, for, for safekeeping a video. And, and the other thing also I've, I've come to learn is a off-brand use for Vercata cameras is earthquake detection. If all of my tamper alarms go off at once, usually a four-pointer or above just happens <laughs> the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad idea. So another use for it if you guys need. Understandable. An expensive uh, earthquake detection. Um, exactly. So uh, Vince, as the media landscape is continuing to evolve, um, what do you see as some of the challenges in the future and opportunities that you foresee in the realm of um, cyber content and physical security? Sure. So if you would ask me this question 10 years ago, obviously, I would have talked about moving from physical media to streaming, you know, but that's old news, right? We've all moved past that. Very few of us have a big Blu-ray collection, although I will, I will admit I do have, I still have that just in case. Um, but now today, I, you know, uh, Danny already mentioned it, AI. AI helps us a lot on the security side. You know, we've been a big uh, believer in AI for the last few years. It's helped with anomaly detection, that sort of thing. But what does it mean uh, when we have to protect against AI? We're still kind of wrapping our heads around that. In fact, I'm going to be heading out to Seattle um, to, to sit on a think tank with the Cloud Security Alliance in a couple of weeks to kind of talk over what we think this is going to have on effect on business as a whole, AI. Um, more specifically to the media industry, you know, one of the big things is I think the release the 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 shortening of the release window has had a big effect right so used to be when i was growing up you know a movie would sit out in the, the theaters for a few months and then it would kind of sit silent and then it would show up on pay-per-view and then a few months later it would show up in video stores that's not the case obviously some some movies are showing up on video, on streaming, and theaters all the same day. So those are all different uh, workflow paths that we have to protect. How is the how is the media getting to the theater? How is the media getting to the distribution facilities? How is the media getting to the streaming platform? That sort of thing. So all those people involved in that um, is a network, um, and we all want to be partners. And that's kind of where we created the TPN name because. The service providers involved, the content owners involved, we all have to be secure because security is a team sport at the end of the day. Everybody has a, a part to play in it. Um, and at TPN, we want to make sure, again, to close that loop, making sure that um, not only are the facilities creating the content secure, but distributing it out and the networks that is carrying that um, all, all are secure as well. So. And another thing, I mean, I've only been here since June, but it hasn't it hasn't had a huge impact on security. But the strikes and things have affected how much money, uh, you know, certain organizations can spend on security and that sort of thing. So it all has an effect. Uh, you know, the news affects security just as much as 
security affects the news. So we have to keep on our toes, always be aware. Um, but that's my job is to kind of keep keep my ears open and my eyes open to the new security changes because it, it changes day to day and, and it's hard to predict, you know. Understandable. So talking about the day to day, um, Danny, from a practical standpoint, how is the implementation of new security systems going to impact these operations uh, within, within a facility? I think it's going to make lives easier um, using AI, using automation, right? Knowing that you don't have to have a physical guard, you know, check everyone's ID or everyone's badge to let them in the facility. It's going to make everyone's life easier. Um, so you don't have to get an automate, you can automate a report. So you don't have to pull reports and sit there and pull reports on how many times has this person access this door? Who went into this door at certain times? Um, it's all automated. It's all easy to kind of access that information. Um, but I think training is important, right? I think you have to, you know, it's important to train your people how to use these tools because when they're trained on how to use the tools, um, it's going to require significantly less man manpower to maintain compliance um, and utilize these, you know, tools for that reason. Um, so I think that's, I think it's important, you know, when you're implementing new technologies, training, um, creating standard operating procedures is always going to be crucial because then it's going to make it, you know, seamless moving forward. Um, I find that, you know, the struggles that I found when people implementing new technology and they're, you know, and they say like, oh, this is making my life harder. Well, it's like, did you, did you do a one hour training with our team? No, we have it. Oh, okay. Well then, you know, you gotta, you gotta execute, you know, if, if you're really any technology, really, you want to know how to teach your people, how to teach your people, how to use it so that you can effectively use the technology to make your, honestly, what we're doing for security is making your building more secure, protecting assets, right? Can't do that if people don't know how to use the systems. So Definitely. And I think the other thing that's great is nowadays, um, you know, it used to be you'd show up at the door and oh, I forgot my badge or I forgot my fob. What don't I ever forget? My phone. Yeah. I always have my phone with me. So um, nowadays, access control can be through my phone. It senses that my phone is right there and that's, yep. that's Jeff. Let's let him in. Oh, yep. look at the camera. That, that also confirms this is Jeff. Let's go ahead and open the door. So that, that makes things easier for me as a just visiting the facility or you know working at a facility not necessarily just having to manage the security parts something cool we just released where if the license plate is on an approved list person driving up to a parking gate or a parking structure if that license plate is on the approved list it'll actually automatically open that gate for them because that they know that that person driving that car is allowed on the site so just like ease of access into your facility less checks and balances right because the technology is doing the work for you so pretty cool stuff. I, I'm going to have to get myself flagged as a v, uh, VIP, though, in, in the system. So it, all that stuff just happens for me. That as it should. Just has <laughs> to happen. Um, so so let's, uh, let's jump into closing thoughts. If our listeners want to learn or viewers want to learn more about the work your organizations are doing to stay updated or latest developments, uh, where can they find that information? Vince, let's start with you. Yeah, sure. Of course, we have our website, uh, ttpn.org. That's two T's at the beginning. Um, that's 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 our our uh, you know Grand Central Station for all our information. You can get our best practices. If you want to sign up to be a service provider, that's where you can start to get that information. If you wanted to be an assessor, you know, for TPN, uh, you can sign up there. Uh, so you can learn all about it. We've got some great how-to guides, FAQs on on all that information as well. Uh, I will also mention that we have um, representation at uh, uh, 
a lot of the, the uh, industry conferences. Uh, we'll have someone at IBC out in Amsterdam ne next week. In fact, we're hosting a little event on Saturday. If you're going to be out there, stop by, grab a hat, uh, say hi. Um, we'll also have someone out at SIMTI. And I also hope to have some representation at security conferences, you know, next year, things like RSA, Black Hat, um, as well as we kind of spread out and, and try to uh, preach the message of security in the uh, media landscape. Awesome. And, and Danny, if people want to learn more about Bricada, I mean, other than just contacting Keycode. That's the main. That's the main main way to to contact them. And frankly, Keycode actually has Ricotta technology deployed around their office, so you can see it, you know, in action, which is pretty pretty cool. And they have the same thing I was talking about: the facial recognition, license plates, you know, the access control, Bluetooth. You know, it's all it's all available. Visitor management, which is pretty cool to to walk in and kind of see a little experience center. Um, but Ricotta.com, you know, V E R K A D A um, is where you find all, all the information um, for Ricotta and case studies as well in certain facilities that would be similar to yours. Um, so pretty easy. That sounds great. Um, gents, thanks for joining me today. Um, we've run out of uh, questions. And uh, if there are any questions that do appear in our chats later, We'll try to get back to you on those chats. Uh, but if you've got any questions about any of this, please, keycodemedia.com. Uh, you can find us here. And uh, we look forward to talking security with you if you need to have a chat about it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for watching Broadcast to Post. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast to receive future episodes. Follow Keycode Media on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to receive news on additional AV, broadcast, and post-production technology content. See you next time, folks.